0: Hey, well, good morning again. And I'd like to start off in prayer because when we, uh, we mentioned that Pastor Jim wasn't here, we forgot to pray for him. But I know many are praying for him. And then also for our time in the Word. Uh, thank you again for getting the kids ready, but also that those prep us for the Word. Um, for those who are in Christ, all things are new. The old is gone. We like to try to resurrect those old things sometimes. And God keeps trying to remind us all, th- all things are new. So we need to let dead things lie, right? Let's pray. Mighty God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for your presence more than anything. We lift up our pastor Jim as uh, as it it's hard for him to miss. Uh, he loves us so much, and he loves you, and he loves the Word, and loves bringing it to us. So, I pray right now as uh, as we pray for him that he will feel your healing hand upon him and 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 bring him back fully and quickly, uh, so he can get about. Uh, what you have him to do, but also uh, thank you for the rest that he's getting, and and uh, pray that he would be restored there as well. And uh, God, as we turn to your word, um, I pray that you would be glorified in everything that is said and everything that comes forth through our actions from it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So uh, today we're going to go through an entire psalm. So if you'll turn to me with me to Psalm 117. No, not 119, 119 people be heading toward the doors, 117. I say entire psalm because most people go, oh boy, it's going to be long, it's the shortest psalm. But as we, uh, as you find out these things, uh, so how did I know, a a friend asked me, so how much time did you get before you, uh, you you know, agreed to preach this week, and I did get a phone call, a a warning phone call of a potential, I believe it was Wednesday night, and uh, so a Thursday night, maybe. My mind was already working, but God was already working before that. That's the coolest part. And, uh, so, and then I got the final, uh, green light yesterday afternoon. And, uh, but God had been doing that all along. In fact, uh, a Wednesday morning, uh, God hit me with, a, a devotion that kind of stuck with me. And at, at my work, um, I'm a chaplain up at Miramar and, uh, we have a really deep Bible study. It's kind of amazing. It started, and within the first 30 minutes, it became the most transparent, vulnerable Bible study I've ever been a part of. It was everything is, you know, usually home groups take, what, six weeks, and people start getting used to each other. And I, these these folks were hungry. And so um, our, our my supervisory chaplain is out of town, so I led it this week, and God set it up right for this, and, uh, and then just kept building on it. And uh, so... Um, I hope you're blessed by it, but I hope more so that whatever God has for you uh, through this word, that you will receive it and, and, and become not just hearers of it, but doers of it. That's not mine this week. I left it in the truck. <laughs> so let's read together um, Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So what, what can we get out of this? There's a lot of different um, things within the commentaries where this is just a tag-on or an introduction, and then there's others who really dig uh, deep into it. For me, God busted me in the chops Wednesday morning with it. And then, uh, so I looked at the title of Pastor Jim's message, The End or the Beginning. And here we are, December 31st, right? And tomorrow is uh, January 1st, 2018, a new day, a new calendar year, but who makes up all those things? Is it really any different than today? We we think about it, and I've got friends who are like, can't wait till 2017 disappears, 18 is going to be good. But as Christians, what is the truth? His mercies are new every morning. Every moment is a gift. Every breath is a gift. So the pastor said, is it the end or the beginning? And I can't wait to hear that message, so hopefully he's got it for next week, but um, because I think his text is completely different But each of our moments Is at an end or a beginning Not just a new year Now I, I like the new year as well We get to celebrate and have celebrations And I have a birthday coming around the corner So that means I get another birthday and I'm older Which is good And uh, But everyone says it's better than the alternative But as a Christian, is it? Because the alternative is to be present with God So is it really better? I'm not sure on that aspect. I think it's for us who remain, we want all our loved ones to stick around. We really do. And I get that. And it makes sense. But so what is this Psalm for? So praise the Lord, all you nations. It starts with that and it ends with praise the Lord. So if every moment is a new beginning and an ending, if God's mercies are new every morning, then what's the first thing on our mind when we wake up? It could be a complete difference. It could be, oh God, or oh God. Completely different trajectory for your day. You know, science says we have chemistry in our bodies that responds to our our um, our moods and they set things into motion. And when certain things happen, hey, by the way, we all have buttons, right? When buttons get pushed, we have natural reactions until old things are gone and all becomes new, right? In that sanctification process. So, what is your first? Thought in the morning, we will get there later. It says, "All you nations." Now, this is in the Psalms, and there's an argument about who wrote this. You know, I I think there's no argument about Scripture by who wrote any of the Scripture, because it was the Holy Spirit through people. So you can you can get in one of those uh, seminary conversations and just bust it right there. Say it was the Holy Spirit through people, right? So, all nations. Israel, God's people, were inviting all the other nations to worship the one true God. In the New King James, it says, all you Gentiles. That, that would be everybody else except the nation of Israel, right? So they were invited in, and we're going to see how that plays out, because Paul actually quotes this song later. And then, for great is his love toward us, There's a a thing to ponder and sit and wait on. Have you reflected about God's great love for you? Has it sunk in? Not what the world says or thinks or what's going on around us, but that one most important relationship we can have. By the way, there's two audiences here today. You're either in the family of God or you're not. That's, That's just where it is. And I invite both of you, to really, both audiences, to really dig deep on this. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures how long? So does it end when something bad happens? In my scope of sight, in my understanding as a finite individual, trying to figure out an infinite God and His timing, it's bigger than me. In the King James Version, you get to verse 2, for His love towards us, it actually says merciful kindness. And the part about the faithfulness, it says the truth of the Lord endureth forever. All true, all real. And then it ends again with praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. We say, I, I didn't know what songs we were singing today. Every one of them um, talked about praising God. And by the way, if, you do a, if you're going to cover a new David Crowder song and do better than he does, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm just saying, that was beautiful. I was like, oh, how are they going to pull this one off? David Crowder has a unique voice, but that was, wow, what a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for that. So this psalm contains a messianic prophecy as we look forward. If we're going to invite all of the nations, by the way, that's us, including. It appears from the matter of it and from Romans 5, 15, 11. This is what it says in Romans fifteen eleven. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. This is an exhortation from Paul to all the nations, praise God for his mercy and true sake. Now, if you look back at two, for great is his love toward us, Israel is saying, look what God has done for us, all ye nations, welcome into us. Can we do that? Are we so enthralled with our relationship with God that we can say, come in and have what I have? I remember uh, witnessing with uh, someone from the, the Muslim faith, and he said, I don't need to change my list of rules for your list of rules. I was like, wow, you're seeing it all differently. And if I've caused you to look at it rules, then that's my fault. He said, no, it's your Ten Commandments and this and this and this. So it was a perception that was placed upon him. And so we had a fun conversation after that, because it wasn't about rules and rules and appease an angry God. God appeased his own wrath through his son, Jesus Christ, for us. Aren't you glad he didn't use us to appease his wrath? Because we were objects of his wrath before the new became. So Paul saying, acknowledge the true God and serve him only and cast away all your idols. And we, we think about idols like... Uh, I don't know, you know, we make an image and we put it up and, and uh, we go see Moana and we have to talk to our kids about what all that means, demigods and all that <laughs> stuff, and, and all the things that are going on there. But anything that comes before God is an idol. And Christian, I say sometimes maybe even your service, if it's not infused by God, becomes an idol. I remember we had a, a young, well, he wasn't a young man, he was a young Christian, and he got really excited, and he took on like six ministries at our church in Florida. And I called him in and said, give up four of them. Boy, was he mad at me. But what we were going to do is what we do mostly to new Christians. We were going to flame him. and he was going to have nothing for the long haul. And he took two and ran with it and then started a mission group down in Haiti but with his skill set that he had, and he's still serving the Lord today. That's pretty cool. You know, sometimes you get it right when you're on, when you're on staff. But the key is we got to take care of each other and be careful what our idols are. So one of the, one of the commentaries I read, I, I don't normally read this part, but I wanted to read one little paragraph from it. So he goes off, all people called upon to praise God out of chapter 117. Here's a solemn call to all nations to praise the Lord, and proper matter for that praise is suggested. He states that we are soon weary of well-doing if we keep not up the pious and devout affections with which the spiritual sacrifice of praise ought to be kindled and kept burning. This is a gospel song. So we can do a lot and burn out if it's not coming forth from God in in our gifts. And God gave all of us gifts. And that's what the pastor has been encouraging uh, folks for a long time. What's your gift? Where can you plug in? What are you doing? But as I read that, and I look back at Psalm 117, two verses also popped up in my mind. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for the proper time will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Have you ever felt like you're banging your head against the wall, even for maybe the church or for the kingdom? You don't get to see a lot of fruit? Well, I don't know about the weeping prophet Jeremiah. He saw none. God says it's going to be so bad, you're not even going to have a wife. (laughs) I will be your wife. Yet, we quote some of our favorite verses from Jeremiah. So the fruit of his ministry really happened long after his time on earth. So I would be careful not to be fruit inspectors or even get frustrated with your life. Uh, I reflect upon my time in Japan, which was three years doing this twice a day, and then counseling all week long, and I, I have to turn in these uh, quarterly reports to the Southern Baptists about what I'm doing in ministry as a Navy chaplain, and I was like, man, I, I am not a good chaplain. I don't have any new growth. No one's getting saved, and it was like I was driving, and God was like, why are you looking at that? Look right over here, and my season at that time was all discipleship. I didn't realize that because I thought I'm supposed to have these check boxes, of, you know, turning these numbers into somewhere in Atlanta, you know, to see if I'm good enough to keep going on as a chaplain. But people's lives changed, and the amount of Japanese women who were baptized there during our season was incredible. I don't know what fruit God has out of that. I just know I was looking in the wrong field, you know, for, for results. So what I want to tell you is be patient with yourself in your season and where it might be. And at the same time, praise the Lord in the morning, all day long, and in the evening. The second verse it, it kind of hit me with was in Romans. Because he talks about our sacrifice of praise. And let's look at Romans 12:1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Oh, I didn't switch my paper there. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So it goes back to to reflection upon God, reflection upon his work, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that look like for you? I can't tell you that. I might, if we had conversations, and we had maybe some discipleship in time, and you might can tell me if you got to know me deeply where that thing is, but I do know that God's got something for you, and to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. It's funny, even I did it this morning. Right after we greeted and welcomed, I said, let's get back to worship. That's worshiping too. How we treat one another is a sacrifice to God. Sometimes it's a harder sacrifice. Singing is worship, but so is giving. So is reading the word. So is everything that we do with our life. Every aspect. The gifts, talents, and abilities God has given you is amazing. Some of you run businesses. You don't want me doing that. Some of you fly planes. You don't want me doing that. Some of you play beautifully on the piano. I would make a joyful noise. And you would ask me to do it after the service. So do you see God's given us gifts, talents, and abilities? Run and find where that field is. And that's your sacrifice. But it, re- it doesn't feel like a sacrifice when it's in tune. I teach a class to our, um, our addiction class on spirituality. And I lead with a Mark Twain quote. The two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you find out why. Now Mark Twain's not a great theologian. But day number one we all have. We all get smacked and we all cry. And we all start living. So we got an equal, equal plane right there. But day two... I would, I would say, and I tell the class, and when I teach this to senior leaders as well, I say, I would guarantee you, the majority of you have not figured out day two. You're existing because the world says you need a job. You've got to have a house and cars to look successful. And so if you got that, and there's 2.5 kids, I haven't figured that out yet because I don't know how you have a .5. But the key is, who's telling you? what your gifts talents and where your sacrifice comes from and when you find out your purpose through god that sacrifice is easy joyful not always happy difference so i was told that big kids are staying in here and robert if you see them writing that's okay they're taking notes and i said to julie well good i hope i have some adults taking notes as well But I'm going to challenge you right here in the service that I want to apply one aspect of this right now. And I did this the other day, and I got what I call uh, crickets. You know, you put a question out, and it just comes back nothing. Right now, whether writing it down or reflecting, I want you to list five things that you were thankful for in the first 30 minutes of today. Five things that you were thankful for in the first 30 minutes of today. As a former high school teacher, I can wait. It's kind of scary when the pastor doesn't have a watch. There's a big clock back there and I got good eyes. So I'm not trying to set you up. I'm going to go ahead and move because if you got two or three, you did more than most. I'm going to read the verses again. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Most of the time when we say, what am I thankful for? We're thinking big things. Are we at really generic? Which is fine. Generic is still thankful. But God hit me Wednesday morning, and this is what I wrote. Since I got up at 04455, here's a list of things God has blessed me with, and I am thankful. A comfortable bed. A wife who loves me and supports me next to me. A warm house. That was a chilly morning, by the way. A warm house even was in the 40s outside. Electricity that gives me light to see. A toothbrush and toothpaste to care for my teeth. A razor and shaving cream and running water that is both hot and cold. Clothes to put on that are clean. Nalgene bottles to prepare for the day. I, I do drink mixes. Ice to put in the Nalgene bottles. A Refrigerator and freezer. Food to pack for breakfast and lunch that were cooked in an oven. Bought at a store with money that I earned from a job I love. Bags to put my clothes in, a food bag to keep my drinks and food cold, shoes to put on, and a hoodie to keep me warm until my truck warms up, a truck that has seat warmers. (laughs) A nice house and a nice gated community. Now, that's kind of a joke because I live on a military base. (laughs) 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 So, I like to lead with I live in a waterfront gated community. (laughs) But it is a nice house. Thank you for your taxpayer dollars. <laughs> I have a truck to drive, a commute that was accident-free. and I, I, do, I pray for that every second. I'm, this is the first time i commuted since 99. And Cheryl said no one's going to feel sorry for me, so that's okay. It's out of my comfort zone and design. I like to be close to work so that I am, I am a, a valuable asset or member to that work 24-7. Living far away, I kind of feel disconnected. So God's working on me on some stuff. Gasoline to keep my truck driving so I can go to work. Gyms to work out in. Showers to clean off, clean off and freshen up for the day. Deodorant, Q-tips, hot water, an office, place to keep my stuff. Computers to work on to write you. I send this out in devotion. You and then you. And that is just in the last one hour and 40 minutes. The key is that every breath, every second is a gift. I need to see how God sees. I need to be more thankful. Thank you for taking this journey with me. God, just, God hit me with Psalm 117. You know, we praise the Lord for everything. And we're so, I think, as a, as a westernized church, and I got to talk about this with the men's group, as a westernized church, we miss the simple little things. If you've traveled in, uh, or you've deployed in some third world countries, I remember early on in the war in 05, I went out with my Marines and we would stop in a city, walk in a house, take it over, Lay down on the floor, little kids looking at me, and I'm like, this is awkward. What would this be like in the United States? And, uh, and just trying to be thankful in that situation, and then also try to be a light to this house we walked into, and lay down, and got up in the morning, and gave the owner 20 bucks, and moved on, and kept clearing. Very interesting. Very interesting. And where, where your time is, and what you're thankful for. And sometimes when we have everything, we also forget to be thankful. That's why I think sometimes warriors who deploy a lot start longing for other places because it's simple. It's simple. It's dangerous to go that way, but it's simple. We need to be where God has us and praise the Lord in that moment and in that time. So it's a short message. And a challenge to be, that's one aspect, to be thankful in it. I want to give you a real-life example that showed up in this process of Jim saying, can you preach, and God building the message. To give you some background, this is a friend of mine I never would have met if I wouldn't have been her brother's chaplain, and if he wouldn't have been killed in combat. He was one of 31 members, shot down on a helicopter in August 2011. And I did his funeral up in uh, Iowa, and then forged a friendship with his brother-in-law, and therefore his sister. Yesterday, this is her reflection. For those that have been following my post over the last week, you know we got some great news with Rick's stepson, yovel That's her brother-in-law. God is definitely good. In fact, he's great, but it caused me to pause and ask, if the outcome would have been different, would so many people be saying the same thing? And please hear my heart. I am so thankful God chose to heal him and pray he will continue to work miracles in his life and Yova will make a full recovery. But it caused me to pause and ask why, when good things happen in our life, do we so quickly praise God? And when there is hurt and heartache, do we curse and question God? The God that healed Yoval is the same great loving God that chose to allow my brother to be killed in action and the same God that didn't heal my mom and husband. So over about 18 month period, her brother, who was her best friend, was killed. Her husband was diagnosed with cancer and died, and her mom was diagnosed with cancer and died. And there was actually some other things she didn't mention and I won't mention. You see, when I was driving home from the hospital after making the decision to take Scott off life support, I had a talk with God in which I told him I was done begging, done pleading, "'done asking him to heal Scott, "'and I was giving Scott to him to heal or to take. "'In doing this, I instantly had this huge burden lifted "'and realization that God loved Scott. "'He loved the girls, they had three daughters, "'and he loved me more than anything, "'and he would do what was best, "'even if that meant taking Scott. "'Although I didn't understand his plan, "'I chose in that moment to trust it "'even when it hurt and didn't make sense "'because I knew the girls and I would be okay.' One thing losing John, that was her brother, taught me was although it hurts and completely stinks, that you get through it and there will be happy times again. Yes, your life is forever changed, but how do you deal with your pain, with your sorrow? It's not easy, and there are days it's tough. But I chose to rise above and live my life, to dig deep and try to see what God is teaching me through my circumstances, to see how my circumstances can be a blessing. You see, I can't see the full picture. I can't make sense of God's plan. But I know all the loss I've experienced has been part of his plan. I've grown through each of those experiences. Yes, there has been a lot of heartache, a lot of unanswered questions. But I've also seen a lot of blessings that have come out of those losses. So I can say, still say, God is good. Because I choose to trust him even when things don't make sense. Even when things don't feel good. Even when you feel like your world is crumbling around you. My God and his love for me is not dependent on my circumstances. That's back to that joy and happiness. God doesn't tell us there won't be hard times in your life. But sometimes the church does. Not this one, thankfully. But when Christians suffer, we go, and we not praying well enough? You know, am I not giving enough? That's not the right question. In fact, he promises there will be. But how do you handle the setbacks in your own life? Will you praise him in the storm or just when life is full of sunshine and rainbows? Back to Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So no matter what's coming your way or what you're in, if you're in God's family, have a lot to be praiseworthy for. Back to the weeping prophet Jeremiah. When you really think about it, his life was a a vapor just like ours. It was a short time on the backdrop of eternity. I remember being ordained and having the men around me and putting their hands out. And one of the pastors I most respect uh, ever and still one of the best teaching pastors I've ever been around, he's praying through all of these prophet names. I'm like, please don't pray for anything about Jeremiah. (laughs) I'm just, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that one. And I'm not saying that's what I have, but I'm just saying, Jeremiah, though had a really hard life on this earth, man, the fruit is amazing. And so I can't promise you today that if you praise the Lord every moment, like we're encouraged to do, that everything is going to get perfect. That would be false hope. But true hope is Jesus Christ, who said, I am with you always. And if you are tired and heavy laden, he will bring you rest. Sometimes I don't know what that looks like. See, Jim asked me to preach. I don't know why he got sick. I don't think it was for me to preach. I don't need to know that answer. But when he got sick, I was in that growing weary of doing good. And God smacked me on Wednesday morning. See, interestingly enough, I don't know if Dennis will agree with this or not. It's interesting to have another chaplain in here. But being a chaplain is a very lonely place. Because you're a part of a command where people tell you all their dark secrets and you do ministry and you do ministry and you do ministry and and they all go have fun. Sometimes they don't know how to hang out with you because, well, you know everything about them. (laughs) And or they have this idea that clergy are supposed to be super perfect. I remember when Cheryl was active duty as well for eight years, it took her commands a while to invite her to things because she was married to a chaplain. They might, you know, because of that, they might judge what, you know, our fun, whatever that might be. Then they would get to know us, and then we'd finally get invited to stuff about halfway through the tours. And so I was growing weary because I kind of missed this aspect from church life. Because when you're on staff, you have a lot of folks, and they love you, and they love you well. And so I was having a little pity party on Wednesday morning that God smacked me. And I'm still working through that. And so I, I want to be real vulnerable and transparent because we need to be. So I don't know where you are this week. It doesn't really matter, and I don't mean that flippantly. It, what, what I mean is God's going to meet you there. And it doesn't take a turn of the clock tonight when the ball drops in New York City. I don't have to say tomorrow I'll get it right. It could be the next moment. I don't have to say when I turn 53, I'll <laughs> start doing things the right way. Or when I have kids, I'll do go back to church. I work with a lot of senior folks. And some of the things those men wrestle with about their kids, I just like tell your kid what you're thinking. If you feel like you haven't been the best spiritual leader for your kid, the best thing you can do is be honest. It's so funny sometimes when parents will tell me, well, I can't hold my kids to a standard because I didn't have that standard when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, no, don't, don't buy into that. Just be honest with them. That conversation you want to have with your spouse, have it. It may not be there tomorrow. That family member back home, wherever that might be. And I say that because most of us aren't from Coronado. That you want to have a conversation with? Have it. Don't wait. Trust God in his timing. And guess what? You might have that conversation and nothing changes in the moment. But you may not see that Jeremiah type fruit until you're walking around in heaven. So we'll get tied up with the results because the results are up to who? God. I tell people in the hallway all the time, if you want to argue about theology, go find someone else. But if you want to talk and disagree with me as deep as you want to be, let's, let's have a good conversation. Because if the Holy Spirit's at work, then the Holy Spirit will get done. I don't have to sell anything. And I don't need to sell anything this morning. Two audiences here. Christian, your new beginning is right now. Right now. It's right now. Because every moment, it's right now. If you're holding out, you're like, well, I'll fix my life and get to God later. I'm not sure that works, but you can try it. You're free to try that. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. He didn't say, come to me when you're dressed up and clean and you got all your problems solved. Because we'd all be still sitting out in the field, objects of God's wrath. So if you're in that group and the Holy Spirit is moving on you, then move. There's an old Christian song, I Dare You to Move. I want to play that as an invitation one day, but I don't know if we could do that. <laughs> is that Switchfoot? I believe? Yeah. But uh, whatever God's putting on your heart, get the business done. At least move toward it. Always move toward God. When you mess up, don't, oh, I got to get this straight before I can get to God. No, go ahead and move toward God before you even know what you need to do or figure it out. That's what I loved about um, the stories in the Bible of the men that got their lives right. I mean, God's people were kind of messed up, and He told us all their stories. But when they always leaned into God, even whining after a huge victory, that'd be Elijah, (laughs) even whining for His own death. God met him where he was. So wherever you are, on whatever side of that two groups, do that business with God. And we often want to get the non-Christian to kind of get up and move down the aisle and get everything right, and that's good. And we want to rejoice, and the angels in heaven rejoice. But Christians, don't be afraid to move yourself. It puts a little action to it. Helps people know to pray, and there'll be people down here praying for you. So, as the worship team comes, my challenge to you is Christian, have you forgotten what is most important? Has the world's ways crept in? Y'all could come up. Non believer, have you joined in and become an answer to this invite? What is holding you back? So, if you'd like to come down and pray with me or Dennis, Rachel, Fitz. As we line up across here, then I dare you to move. Let's pray. Father, whatever you put place upon our hearts today, give us the courage to act upon it. The courage to be transparent and vulnerable, first before you and then with others. God, be glorified in our thoughts and our, in our actions and our words. Thank you that whatever step we take, you've already taken it. You're taking it with us, and you're behind us, beside us, and within us. We praise you. We thank you. We love you. Now give us the courage. In Jesus' name.